0: This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Good morning. Good morning, Catholic. <laughs> we just had a really riveting conversation about my Catholic schooling experience. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't call it riveting so much as me being absolutely terrified at traumatic events that happened to you and you just laughing about them. I would call terror uh riveting. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know that time you got blindfolded and made to walk as Jesus yeah, does,
0: you know? It really put me in his shoes. <laughs>
1: Or lack of shoes because you're probably barefoot.
0: Uh, they, he d- they, was barefoot. They didn't go that far. I'm confused, but um, but they threw things at they you. They did throw things and like <laughs> shout in our ears and things like that. It was, you know, uh, my educate my schooling is <laughs> what? questionable. Uh, I'm very thankful for uh, the education that I got, but you know those religious retreats were a little much. <laughs> not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. <laughs> How are you, Monica? I'm
1: well. I'm sipping my second cup of coffee of the morning. Wow, well,
0: I'm sipping my first. Oh, and well. only.
1: Yeah, I hear your stomach can't handle it.
0: You know, caffeine or coffee just it really uh, just fucks things up. You know, It just go right through you. Yeah? Truly, I didn't really want to say that, but it just
1: you know when it was. When I was a wee lad, and someone was like, oh, uh-huh. it just goes right through me. I literally imagined it, like, you drinking the thing or eating the thing, and it just, like, fucking goes right
0: through you. Did you have the same like uh, thought with the expression, in one ear and out the other? Yes! Where it just goes, like, a straight how did you line know? right through yes. your head? <laughs> I had no
1: concept of, like, how the digestive system worked. Uh, <laughs> I literally just thought, like, oh, it's just one long tube that runs all the way down through your, like, I guess... <laughs> colon butthole situation
0: yeah your colon butthole situation (laughs) you heard it here first everyone (laughs) that's all your gi tract is gi joe (laughs) wow we're off so today monica yeah (laughs) we're talking about a very exciting daddy an America Sweetheart, Daddy. America Sweetheart, you say? Yes. We've, we've done we've done an, another An America Sweetheart before. We did yeah. Sandy Bullock. Sandy B. And when we were choosing her, we were like, oh, we need someone who's like a Julia Roberts type, but who isn't Julia Roberts cuz we're not ready to do Julia Roberts yet. Are we ready now? We are ready now. We are ready Freddy to ready. do Julia Fiona Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ms julia ms roberts julia fiona roberts is an american actress and no producer. no please keep doing <laughs> you want to do the exit. whole thing yes, okay, yes, yes, okay. yes yes julia fiona roberts is an american actress and producer she has won three golden globe awards from eight nominations and has been nominated for four academy awards <laughs>
1: <laughs> you sound like a bafta announcer <laughs> good Hire keep going me. keep going
0: <laughs> Uh, Four Academy Awards for her film acting, winning the Academy Award for Best Actress for her performance in Erin Brockovich. Julia is a prime daddy (laughs) with the charisma of a walrus in a top hat smoking a cigar. (laughs) She is a literal daddy to three small children. (laughs) I want everyone to know Monica wrote that bio. Uh, (laughs) I did, I did write that bio, I did. (laughs) I did
1: i did write that i, I did I, I did I did Did i
0: <laughs> oh wow what a daddy i Listen, love her
1: julia roberts has this like insanely infectious smile yeah
0: i love her in her big mouth when
1: she like <laughs> opens her enormous jaw her
0: when she unhinges
1: those big old teeth Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> we're that—that's when you know the movie's gonna make that's make when you know, money. We're
0: in business. We're in
1: business. We're in Julia Fiona Roberts territory. <laughs> Speaking of Julia Fiona Roberts, yes. What's the movie that you think
0: of when you think of Julia Fiona Roberts? Um, that's a hard question. I think about she's been in so much. I mean, I think of Pretty Woman. I, I think, was gonna say there's foremost. only one right
1: answer. <laughs> there's supposed to be a very seamless transition, but here you are <laughs> fucking up my okay, life. Ask me
0: the question again. I forgot the question. What do you think of? What movie do you think of when you think of Julia Roberts? Okay.
1: What movie do you think of when you think of Julia Roberts? Pretty Woman, obviously. Wow. Okay. Transition. Transition. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit on Pretty Women. Women. I keep saying. I always pretty keep saying- Pretty
0: Women. Pretty Women. <laughs> dancing. <laughs> Sipping coffee. That's a little uh, Sweeney Todd joke for you theater kids out there. <laughs> pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. Pretty
1: Woman. I'm just, I'm just
0: waiting for you to get to the film. <laughs> Monica is
1: off the rails. Pretty Woman, 1990. Directed by Gary Marshall. Screenplay by J.F. Lawton. In this modern update on Cinderella, a sex worker and a wealthy businessman fall hard for one another, forming an unlikely pair, while on a business trip in LA Edward, played by Richard Gere who makes a living buying and breaking up companies, picks up a sex worker named Vivian on a whim. After Edward hires Vivian to stay with him for the weekend the two get closer, only to discover that there are significant hurdles to overcome as they try to bridge the gap between their very different worlds.
0: Mm -hmm, Pretty woman walking down the street
1: want to get something to eat
0: pretty woman (laughs) she's hungry she don't got no money
1: she's so broke
0: (laughs) um i love this movie when i you when i first saw this movie i was like meh it's fine like I mean, it was like good and funny. I I was a kid, also, okay, so like, I, was... I didn't understand it. And then as I got older, I rewatched it, and I was like, "This is a fucking, this is a fucking movie it's a banger." Yeah, this is a movie. It's a movie as movie. It's a also a really really smart movie. Like it opens that literally the opening shot is someone saying the line it's all about money yeah and i was like oh okay so that's what this entire movie is about yep like he does a great gary marshall does a great job of like really setting it up from the get-go about like what all of the trials in this movie are gonna be absolutely um the first kind of like shot of Julie
1: Roberts is very, it's like very like male gaze. She's like, it, yeah. She's like lying on her side conveniently. I mean, you don't see
0: her face for quite a you
1: while. You don't see her face at all. <laughs> you see literally her black lacy underwear. Mm-hmm. And it, the camera like pans like up her body. And her then you don't see her face. Adi. She's, ah, uh, yes. Her body, Audi. <laughs> uh And you see nothing. And then she's get, as she's getting ready. You're sort of, like, piecing together kind of, like, who she is in in this really shitty, like, apartment. Um, And, like, she's, like, safety pinning together her boots. And, like, she's got, like, a really shitty dress and, like. A shitty wig. A shitty wig. Yeah. And she sort of, like, kind of struts out and sees the landlord um, at the bottom of the stairs. And he's obviously, like, trying to collect rent. She goes back upstairs. She's, like, oh, shit, I don't have any money. So she escapes at the fucking fire escape. Yeah. So if that isn't Cinderella, I don't know what is.
0: (laughs) That is the exact Cinderella story I was told as a child. (laughs) I like, though, that, like, you don't see what she actually looks like. You don't see her real hair Mm -hmm. at the beginning. So, like, you don't see her put on a wig, but you know it's a wig. Yes. And so you just are presented with, like, the version of Vivian that she wants to present to the world, to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what the audience sees, which I love. And then later on, like quite a bit later on, a bit. Yeah. You see what she actually looks like. And it's kind of this like, it's not a big reveal but it is in a way it's significant it's a significant reveal because you really like it's like she's been like stripped down yeah. um and i also think that that sh- that comes with like a shift in her acting where she's like now kind of nervous that she can't hide behind these other things Absolutely, and she seems like a more like nervous young girl and it's just Uh, she does like such a lovely job with so many different parts of this role
1: yeah she plays an incredibly good like trashy gal Mm -hmm. from Joja, who knows how to how to drive a stick shift yeah um (laughs) but she also has like a very vulnerable side that i love i love when julia roberts like brings this out in a character because it's very small and quiet and like she has Julie Roberts has such an incredible voice. Yeah. Like the way she speaks is so like her words kind of hang in the air a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has such a soft voice and it's so lovely. Like it's just beautiful to listen to. Yeah. So when she plays like a nervous character or a character that's insecure or like unsure of themselves... Um it's almost soothing in a way like as an audience yeah. member to to watch her be like nervous or insecure like as if as if you're watching a child be nervous or insecure mm-hmm. like it's very naive and vulnerable and fun and like she has a very specific way of bringing that out in a character
0: No I I totally agree um like she was 22 when they, or when this movie came out, so which is crazy because she looks probably 21 when they insane. filmed it. Um, and Richard Gere was 40, which that that's that's an age gap. But I mean, like, he's hot. She's of age. I personally don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was like super young. This is one of her first like huge roles. And you can see like even though the character of Vivian has, has some moments where you can tell she's like not feeling totally like confident or secure. You can also see that like Julia Roberts herself is a little nervous and like young and giddy as a as a young actress acting alongside fucking Richard Gere. Absolutely. Um, And I was reading that apparently when they shot the sex scenes that she was like so nervous she was breaking out in hives and Gary Marshall had to like rub her with lotion <laughs> to get oh her to calm down. Oh my god. Yeah because she like couldn't she was freaking out so badly and i love that you get to see a little bit of like real julia roberts as a 21 22 year old freaking out about this role in the actual role
1: Uh, yeah i love how i see beyond the character anytime that julia roberts laughs yeah because you can tell that it's just pure joy yeah and it's just coming from her which is I think is a good thing. Like a lot of people would probably be like, Oh, she's breaking character a little bit. Cause you actually really do see glimpses of Julia yeah. Roberts, especially when she laughs. And I just think that that brings so much honesty to the role because I mean, while Julia Roberts is not a sex worker <laughs> in real um, life, what <laughs> the character in the film has a lot of, I'm sure things that a lot of like women, her age can relate to. Sure. Insecurity, not not really knowing like where you're supposed to be in life, feeling like you're dis- you've disappointed people, um, feeling like you're not, you know, you're not at the same level as everyone else, feeling othered, like these are all things people can relate to, and Julia Roberts does a beautiful job of being really honest about that because this is you know she's so new, and this is a very this is a very scary role. I mean, I can't imagine being that age and. Acting up against this incredible, incredibly seasoned and famous actor with an incredibly famous and seasoned director on this project, and I, I just can't imagine how scary that must be. So to see just a little bit of that peeking through is like no so totally tasty.
0: she's she's really incredible in this and it helps that she has such ridiculous chemistry with richard Gere. oh yeah baby. like it's uh it's, it's poisonous it, it's pretty steamy it's crazy up in there it, they're so so good together um i just really like how nuanced this performance is and how it shifts very fluidly like through the various moods that the film goes through right Um, I love how you get to see her personal shift between like Vivian, the sex worker and Vivian, just like the person Vivian, the girl. Mm -hmm. And when, when she's a sex worker, when she's wearing her wig and her dress and everything, she's very like tough like she's fucking tough as nails no nonsense like she's basically like putting on a show in front of everyone in the hotel because Mm -hmm. she just like doesn't give a shit but it's only when she's actually like herself and trying to be a genuine person and then people also judge her then that's Mm -hmm. when she gets like actually hurt
1: like when she when she goes into the store she's just being herself exactly She's not necessarily like trying to pick anyone up she's just trying to buy clothes no and she's she's truly being who she is Mm -hmm. and she gets scorned for that yeah and um you can tell how much that really really hurts her feelings and like um like bulldozes through her walls because she she has such a tough exterior Mm -hmm. but when like you said when people judge who she actually is that's when she breaks down but she could care less if people
0: judge the person in the wig yeah she doesn't give a shit that people look down for her look down at her for being a sex worker but when they look down on her for being herself then she's like actually upset and you can tell that like her confidence isn't fully there despite the fact that she's like an insanely beautiful woman um i also like i think that they do that she has this like disconnect between who she is as a sex worker and who she is as herself mm-hmm. and like between wearing the wig and dressing up etc because it, she doesn't want to like link her true self to her work right i think it's al- it's almost like like dissociative in a way <laughs>
1: Yeah, almost. I mean, you can totally see, like, the differences between her, Mm -hmm. Vivian, and her friend, who's also a sex worker, whose name escapes me. Kit. Kit. You can totally see the differences between Kit and Vivian, because Kit is incredibly sure of herself, Yeah, and is like, this is who I am. Being a sex worker is very much like me. Like, we are interchangeable. It's not that this is something that I have to put on in order Mm -hmm. to, like, protect myself or to like this is my job and like this is this is me like those are separate things like those are very much the same yeah and she's the same person kind of through and through um and you can just see how big of a difference it is between kit and vivian Mm -hmm. where vivian sort of like not that you have to play a part to be a sex worker but like some people use it as like more of a coping mechanism to sort of like get through the kind of work that they have to do yeah no totally um and i think that vivian still has an enormous disconnect like you said between herself the person and herself the sex worker who's obviously also a person but more of a i think she keeps that distance in order to sort of like cope with it
0: yeah i do think it's pretty intentional Mm -hmm. and i think julia roberts made it clear that it was intentional with her acting um i just think that it's i think vivian is such a special character that and i think that this movie in general doesn't get enough attention for being like real and telling mm-hmm. like a real intense story i think people are just like it's pretty woman it's it's a a chick flick. and in turn i don't think her performance gets enough attention i mean she was nominated for an oscar for, i know <laughs> for this movie <laughs> but um i still don't think people uh, consider it to be you know highbrow right right and i
1: guess i guess what's so funny is that i think with stories like this it's really hard because they're not highbrow. Sure. They're pretty relatable stories and like with like the babiest touch of like fantasy or like Hollywood drama. Mm -hmm. And then I think when people see or watch stories like these, they don't necessarily consider them to be, you know, the cream of the crop even if you have incredible actors. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm thinking about specifically, um, uh, Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson, yeah, in Something's Got to Give, and that movie in and of itself is not necessarily a highbrow film, no. But the actors bring something incredible to it, and it it ends up being a really lovely story, yeah. Um, but anyway, I kind of relate this to that a little bit because it makes me think like, well, no one's really going to give like (laughs) this kind of like Cinderella love story a second look, yeah. Um, especially now, I think that when people think about Pretty Women they really do consider it to be like a rom-com versus anything else.
0: Yeah, I think I think there is something to the the very 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 ending. I think that this movie could have gotten more critical acclaim right if it hadn't been such like a frankly cheesy like very last ending scene i love that they ended up together because i think that some people think of this movie and they're like oh he he just of course he saves the sex worker blah 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 but i was like no they really like save each
1: other they 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 bring out really incredible qualities in, one yeah. of in each other that the other one desperately needs to like become a whole person. Exactly.
0: And that's what the ending tries to say, but it says it quite literally. And very loudly. Yeah, because in a Richard limo. here is like, and then he saved the princess. What happens next? And she goes, and she saves him right back. And mm-hmm. she says it just like that. Very cheesily. Very cheesily. And uh, then the movie ends. Well,
1: it's <laughs> you know what's so funny is you can't, as an actor not see that line cheesily. Oh, I don't
0: blame her. What After, I'm saying is that ending needed to exactly. be written a little bit more uh, nuanced. nuance
1: <laughs> Uh Richard Gere showing up sneaking out of like the moonroof of his limo. Yeah. It really
0: just and all
1: the birds around him and it just At the end of the day, it was what it was, and we just had to accept it for what it was, and that's that.
0: So, apparently, they hadn't written the ending until, like, part of the way through filming, and I think it really shows, personally. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah, (laughs) because I think... And she saved him right back. And she saved him right back. <laughs> kiss the end. Also, that kiss at the end. What an ugly angle to shoot from. That was pretty it ugly. Like behind Richard Gere's head is kind of a low angle, and you just see Julia Roberts' mouth like <laughs> contorting.
1: I would say it's it was like gaping.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, was- it was a pretty. It was. The ending of Pretty Woman, I think we should redo, except for the only thing I will say is I love the man who's at the beginning and the end of that movie who just walks around Hollywood going saying, welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? Everybody's got a dream.
1: (laughs) I love that guy. He reminds me of the firefly in uh, Princess and the Frog. (laughs) My name is Ramo. Well, you can call me a <laughs> What do you yes. want to do, love? Oh, What's your dream? They're very, very similar. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? Welcome to the Bayou. What's your dream? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. It's funny. But Pretty Woman's a great movie. Pretty Woman gives me happy
0: marshmallows in my stomach. Yeah, and uh, Jason Alexander plays a villain in this movie, which... A villain. Very unexpected, but he's really great at being a big asshole. Yeah, and when he
1: beats up Julia Roberts. Yeah, when I mean, he smacks
0: her right across the face. That's
1: messed up. I believed it.
0: I also believed it. Richard
1: Gere gave a very compelling scream. Yes, and three he was like,
0: three I love that his character's name is Stucky. Yeah, what the well, fuck? Well, that's his last name, Yeah, but still. Still. <laughs> what, what a name. What a name? What's
1: in a name, do you say? He's a <laughs> stuck man. <laughs> a man stuck in his ways. Honestly.
0: <laughs> well, that was pretty woman. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's nothing else to say other than the fact that Julia Roberts is this. This was an incredible role for her.
0: She's like so sparkly. And that's um, a
1: great word. That's a great word for to her. Describe her. Mm, yeah. Sparkly. She's, she's
0: sparkly. Yeah. She opens her mouth and you can't help but go "Hey, back. <laughs> you can't help but unhinge your own jaw right back at her hey. like a big snake getting ready for its food. You can't help but do that. It's true.
1: It's true. Unhinge the jaw like Julia. (laughs) So
0: now we're going to move to exactly 10 years later. 10 years later. 10 years later. To the big boy for her, her Oscar win, Aaron Brockovich. Came out in 2000, directed by Steven Soderbergh, screenplay by Susanna Grant. Aaron Brockovich, played by Julia Roberts, is a woman in a tight spot. In a tight spot. <laughs> Following a car accident in which Aaron is not at fault, Aaron pleads with her attorney, Ed Masri, played by Albert Finney. I love him.
1: I love. Wait, just three. I know this is a Julia Roberts episode.
0: I love Albert three Finney. Three
1: seconds just to. He's so incredible. He's so good. And he's just such a brilliant guy. Mm -hmm. Like, just Mm -hmm.
0: massive kisses and We love you, Albert Finney. X's and O's to Mr. Albert Finney. (laughs) So she pleads with her attorney, Ed Masri-Albert Finney, to hire her at his law firm. Erin stumbles upon some medical records placed in real estate files, and she convinces Ed to allow her to investigate, where she discovers a cover-up involving contaminated water in a local community, which is causing devastating illnesses amongst its residents. Oh! Residents. It reminds me of that movie Dark Water. Dark I haven't seen that film. Mark
1: Ruffalo. He plays, like, a corporate lawyer, defense lawyer, and he, like prosecutes corporations now because they're poisoning their people with the water. With the water? With the poison water. The water the that has the, water. the poison. <laughs> and the people drink it and they get lymphoma. Someone's poisoned the water hole. Someone's poisoned the water hole. <laughs> anyway, so Aaron Brokovich. The logline being, someone's poisoned the water hole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so this is based on a true story Mm -hmm. um it's a pretty fucking insane story and an insane character she's supposed to be like this like kind of like unrefined bootstrap mom yeah who like has no idea how to dress at all modestly for some reason her bra has to show in which-
1: every cami top
0: in every top she's wearing the top of those cups gotta peek out it's a fashion choice quite it's- frankly <laughs> she goes if they're not showing she goes oh shit i don't want to look like an idiot and she like pulls gotta it pull down. down a little bit i i can't surprise these people by covering up the bra no 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 i can't show them that i'm truly Smart as a whip. (laughs) Exactly. Um, uh, But what I love about this character and what I love about Julia Roberts in this character is she's so fucking tough. She's not afraid to like really get in it and get what she wants and what she needs. And especially because she's supporting her family. So she's like a really like fierce like mama bear in this movie. Oh, totally. But she also owns her sexuality in a really unapologetic way. Which I think is really special, especially for Julia Roberts, because while she was a literal sex worker and Pretty Woman, mm-hmm. I don't think that that movie was about her owning her sexuality. Not at all. But in this movie, it very much is oh, like totally. her sexuality is a really big part of this story because nobody sees her coming. Everyone underestimates her and thinks she's like cheap and bimbo. stupid. Exactly.
1: Um, The perfect, I think, uh, example of this is when she goes into like the water the waterboard like records mm-hmm. shack because that's the only the only thing you can fucking call it is a shack yeah um and she like uses her boobs essentially mm-hmm. to like get water records from this guy from PGE. uh so the guy being like the, you can only really call him like a
0: receptionist yeah he's a just file like, clerk he's the front desk guy the the, the water the
1: water hole guy <laughs> <laughs> the guy who manages the water hole, exactly. Uh, he's the guy who has the records, and he's like kind of a like slimy dude. And she, she's like, okay, this is the only way that I'm gonna get what I need in order to get these assholes, because mm-hmm. uh, the whole point is that PGN is is leaking some contaminants into the water hole. Yes, and so she goes in to the guy and says, "Here are my boobs. Give me the files." And she makes the most hilarious joke to Albert Finney's character when he's like, how did you get these? What makes you think you can just walk in and and get the files? She goes, they're called boobs. She didn't say it like that. But like, it's so, it's fucking funny because she says it very unapologetically. Yeah. She's like, excuse me, sir. I have two
0: assets sitting right on my chest that can get me what I need. Yeah, like she takes, uh, rather than hearing... And seeing shitty assumptions that people make about her and taking them poorly, she sees them and goes, okay, I'm going to use it to my fucking advantage and turns the tables on them and... Uh, it's just it's just really brilliant, and I love how she's able to do that and own her sexuality and also still remain like sincere and dedicated and have a lot of depth as a character. It's very hard to do all of those things all at one time. I know,
1: which really it, it it's just a testament to Julia Julia Roberts's abilities as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically with Erin Brockovich, I read up on her. She's quite the character.
0: Yeah, she's not like, she's not a perfect lady. No,
1: not by any means. I think that the movie doesn't paint her as like a, as like a saint or, or as like a hero, really. Mm-hmm. I think he just paints her as someone who cares very deeply. Like, it seems that she feels very deeply and she gets very deeply attached which is according to albert finney's character Ed, he thinks that that's a huge flaw of hers yeah is that she lets her emotions get the best of her but in the end it's kind of something that that actually ends up helping them solve the case or not solve the case but like win the case yeah um, is the fact that she does get emotionally involved. She memorizes everyone's illnesses, she memorizes everyone's phone numbers and she knows exactly like what every one of the families, the plaintiffs as they call them. Uh what every one of their hopes and dreams are and what and, and what they go through on a daily basis and, and what their kids' names are and and how they're being affected and what what schools they go to. Like she gets incredibly involved. Yeah. Um and Julia Roberts plays that so authentically. Like there's the scene where Um, The bigger law firm is Mm -hmm. assisting the smaller law firm ed mastery's like smaller law firm and she's kind of upset about it obviously because she thinks in her mind like oh they're taking over yeah when you know she's like i did all the work you step back and you kind of look like no no no. they're like they're giving you money but when you're that close in a situation i can totally see how it probably feels like they're taking over of course but um one of the one of the lawyers was like okay like you know we need to we need to cover all this research that you haven't done uh because like you didn't know what to look for and she just got very defensive and she was like "What, what are you talking about like i know what i was doing and um they were like well for starters there are no phone numbers for any of these people like where are they we need to find them we need to be able to contact contact them and she immediately just starts like spewing out like different numbers for every like plaintiff that that the uh this lawyer kept like shouting at her Mm -hmm. essentially like from from various files um so you can see her dedication in that moment but you also see that she's incredibly impulsive in her emotions yeah so it is both her detriment and her biggest asset um which is really hard to play sometimes and i think that julie roberts did a fantastic job
0: yeah i also like that this movie isn't afraid of showing aaron's flaws as a person because like i was going to point to that scene exactly where like yes it does ultimately benefit her to be emotionally involved But also Albert Finney's character isn't afraid of going like you can be emotionally involved, but you also Mm -hmm. should have fucking known to write down the phone number. Not
1: only that, like (laughs) she was disrespectful to a woman who had gotten a law degree and was simply just
0: asking her for information. Yeah. Albert Finney, he's just like, just because she got a law degree doesn't mean that you can scream at her like she went to school for this. And also just because she's dressing professionally like that doesn't mean that you're better than her either. In fact, it makes her more qualified and like the fact that you don't understand this part of the industry, this part of this business, like that's what's holding you back from actual greatness and from people buying into you and understanding well, you.
1: Erin Brokovich's like whole MO or like whole personality is the fact that she owns so much being, hmm, I guess there's no better word than, like, white trash. Yeah. Like, she very much owns it. Mm-hmm. And to her, it's like, no one is better than me. Like, I have to hold myself to a really high standard because no one else will. Yeah. I am my only champion. Therefore, anyone who's tr- who doubts me is my enemy. Yeah, Or, like, anyone who thinks that they're better than me is my enemy. And so I think a lot of what Albert Finney was trying to say is, like, no, 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 some people... <laughs> care as deeply as you do and they and they feel as deeply as you do but they don't necessarily do it in the way that you do and i think that sometimes she antagonizes people Mm -hmm. for being quote-unquote like straight edge or like following a very specific path because her path was so deferred and so crazy and where she ended up was kind of a miracle um and very like serendipitous because she ended up being perfect for the job that she got, yeah, because of her dedication and because of all her flaws and all of her assets, um but I think that a a big part of what Albert Finney was saying was like, just because someone looks like what you antagonize doesn't mean that they are not on your team. Like yeah. everyone here is trying to accomplish the same goal, mm-hmm. which is very difficult for this woman to understand. And so, as the audience member, I found myself really frustrated with erin sometimes yeah when she was constantly like yelling because she's julia roberts yells so much in this film there's so much screaming so much yelling from julia roberts and sometimes i found myself being
0: very frustrated like let people help you (laughs) yes like please this is a woman who's used to doing fucking everything herself and Mm -hmm. you're just sitting there like you want to shake her and be like let someone help you is it so fucking hard to wear a t-shirt that isn't that low cut. Like, please, could you do anything to help get these people on your side so you can make quicker progress? Exactly. It's very, very frustrating, but I love movies like that. I love where I get frustrated with the main character who's supposed to be someone good who you're supposed to be on their side but i think it was so smart for the audience to be as frustrated with her as the people working with her absolutely and i think to your point about like wouldn't it just be easier for you to wear like a
1: less low-cut top <laughs> yeah you know what's so funny is i mean obviously you and i are, are very modern any woman <laughs> can wear whatever she pleases Yeah, absolutely. Um, and really she could have worn whatever low, low-cut top she wanted but i don't think the point is the fact that she wore a low she whether or not she was wearing a low-cut low cut top it's the fact that she refused to mold herself to the world that she was in even if it meant that it could benefit not only her and her children but the people she was working with and the people she was protecting like the people that she her clients like it didn't matter because she was like i'm gonna stand my ground and i'm gonna be who i am even if it means that this is gonna be harder for me which is something to greatly admire but you're also sitting there like if you just wore a button-up shirt Like everyone would be off your ass and you would find yourself in a much easier work environment.
0: It is admirable in a way, but I do get really annoyed with people who I'm just like, no one's asking you to compromise your identity by coming to work, like looking and acting appropriately, like. I personally don't think that that's a a, a compromising no. situation to be put in. So it's very, very frustrating <laughs> when you're just like, could you please just do this one fucking thing that truly isn't very much of an inconvenience mm-hmm. so that everyone's lives could be easier? Absolutely. And I think it's not again, it's not just the clothes, but it's like the way that she no, acts. It's, it's not just the and clothes. it's like it's, she's constantly yelling at everyone. <laughs> she's screaming and being so mad when she's not in every single meeting when at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you're not a lawyer. You're a clerk. You were a law clerk. You're pretty much in charge of files. And I know you've done all the fucking work, but sorry, you're not going to get looped into every single meeting because you simply do not have the qualification. The
1: amount of times that Albert (laughs) Kinney has, has what I like to call like a mini speech or like a mini monologue where he goes, bitch, sit the fuck down, like relax. (laughs) Like he, he constantly expresses her how grateful he is Mm -hmm. for her research and her dedication. But at the end of the day, he's like, listen, like there are people who are much more qualified Than you that are trying to do their jobs, and you're making it really hard, girl. Mm -hmm. Like, you just need to chill the fuck out. We're all working together. I think a big part of it is like her trust issues. Yes. She really cannot, she's not a team player, and that's the problem. She's like a shining star and she is it's impossible for her to work in a team. Even her own boss, she treats him like shit. Like she's always yelling at him. Yeah. She's always angry with him. And I both love and hate that because I know in my like in my life, if I was that mean to my boss, I would get fired. Yes. Like constantly. It was it's just it's so funny because uh she, you know, in one of the in one of the beginning scenes um, when she first gets her job and she like first, you know, takes notice of this whole PG and E thing, um, she just takes off for a week. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm working. And but it's she didn't so tell funny, anybody. but she didn't tell anyone. <laughs> she just And it's I'm I'm laughing because I'm both I, I I'm both joyous about it. Like yeah. I I both enjoy it and I also hate it. It's so yes. It's great because it makes for a very exciting character. Yeah. You're both frustrated with her and like, oh, she's got balls. Like, hell yeah. yeah <laughs> but you're no. also like, bitch,
0: go to work. You call admire someone. her, but you're like, oh, you. if you had just done everything exact the same way you did it, but also like called your work first <laughs> and check it in. like it, it's so many like little things but it does make for such an exciting performance a really exciting movie about like a somewhat droll topic of water poisoning someone poisoned the water hole <laughs> but it helps that like you you buy into it a little bit more because of like uh, it, it i mean it, it just like it gets to you at your heart because there's people Totes. dying absolutely um and I think that that's, that's the element that like Aaron brings to, to the lawsuit is like, it's not just about like the numbers or about the settlement. It's about the people. It's about the people. And like the people not having anyone
1: to fight for them. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the reason why she makes it personal and Julie Roberts does a brilliant job of like making this very apparent in her mm-hmm. character and both, and both very apparent and subtle in at a lot of points in the film um, which I just I love but making making it so that it's almost like a reflection of her own life yeah like she's fighting for these people because no one ever fought for her she yeah. always just had to fight for herself and she knows what that feels like exactly so she's not leaving these people on their own mm-hmm. Um, and I really appreciate that and you can see Julia Roberts she acts like with her eyes a lot and I think that that's her and Ryan Gosling man <laughs> BFFs in like it's the all, it's eye all <laughs> um but she just does a lot she does a lot for the people around her and you yeah. can see her eyes kind of like give or give away a lot of like her hope and 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 her admiration for these people mm-hmm. um because she has such like tough exterior yeah so it's it's a it's a cool like juxtaposition it's fun to see, like, sparkling eyes and, like, and like her, like, fists in, like, her her little hands and like, tiny fists. No, totally. So. While
0: she's also standing on, like, huge heels. On, like, literally six-inch, like, <laughs> stripper heels, heels. It's crazy. I just, I think this is such a special role and Oscar well-deserved. Oh, um, totes. You know, it's a really good movie. Whether or not you, like, love Erin Brockovich for who she actually is today in real life. She's an interesting character. She's an interesting lady. I mean, she's done a lot of good work, but she also, like, isn't perfect, which I... This movie told you she's not. Oh yeah. <laughs> this movie did its job. I don't know why anyone's surprised.
1: <laughs> um so that was Aaron Brockovich. That was Aaron Brockovich, star of Um Who Is Poisoning the Watering Hole. <laughs> uh the last finale mo- finale Batiki movie. At uh, the words of the Italiano Napoleon. Oh, <laughs> It is a eat a prayer love. yeah. Si, si, prego, prego. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All I know is like Julie Roberts speaks a lot of Italian in this film. She does. She picks it up real quick. Uh, Eat Pray Love <laughs> came out in 2010, exactly 10 years after. Yeah, progress. so you're
0: really getting a special uh, ten, ten, review ten. of someone's career. It's just from like truly the very beginning, the very middle. And I mean, it's not the end because it's, it's 2020. It's another 10 years after. But Ooh. she hasn't done anything huge yeah. lately. So.
1: Uh, but Eat Pray Love came out in 2010, directed by <laughs> Ryan Murphy. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Screenplay by Ryan Murphy and Jennifer Salt based on the book Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes. Uh, Liz Gilbert, played by Julia Roberts, thought she had everything she wanted in life, a home, a husband, and a successful career. Now newly divorced and facing a turning point, she finds that she is confused about what is important to her. Daring to step out of a comfort zone, Liz embarks on a quest of self-discovery that takes her to Italy, India,
0: and Bali. Yes. Um, this movie is probably going to be the one where we have the most like (laughs) conflicting Uh, (laughs) opinions because so Ryan Murphy wrote and directed this movie. Um, I don't know if you guys like Ryan Murphy. I have mixed feelings about him, but I think that this movie had such an opportunity because the story is very real. It's very deep. Um, it's Elizabeth Gilbert just like writing her memoir, but it had an opportunity to be a little bit more sophisticated and filmy and then it got the Ryan Murphy touch where everything where, is very bright and cheery and well <laughs> all he did
1: was add in like three dutch angles and called it a day yeah that's really what happened
0: it, i i really think that it could have been a bit more raw because her emotions are very extreme and very sad in a lot of ways and she goes through a very a huge period of self discovery in this movie but it just kind of—it was almost like Disney-fied in a way. Um, a big, a big thing
1: that I will say about this film is Julia Roberts carried this film on her fucking bag. Oh,
0: oh a- absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And like, what a treat to see how she has aged and so beautifully learned as a, both a person as an and an actress, and see how confident she is in herself. Like, seeing this juxtaposed with her and Pretty Woman, like all of her nerves as a performance are. Gone. as a performer are totally gone she's so sure of herself and that's so great especially because this character i think of the three is the one who's the least sure of herself oh completely so it's no- so nice to see her as a really like truly confident woman and actress playing this role um i think the role is really lovely and she is really lovely in this movie the movie is a whole questionable
1: the movie is a separate enchilada on the plate <laughs> on the dinner plate so Beyond beyond the movie, which is I would not call it a good movie and no. I would not call it a bad movie. No, even though it has
0: some like really incredible people in this movie.
1: Once again, I would not call it a good movie, and I would not call it a bad movie, which sure. I think is even worse than being a bad movie. Yeah, it's it's, that really, means it's, it's a really fine mediocre. movie. Um, but regardless, Julia Roberts was the most incredible pick for this character mm-hmm. because she's so charismatic and her range is incredible. Like what she brought to each, because a lot of this movie is just a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. And the emotion and the depth and the questioning that she brought to the role was so rich and so vibrant and so fun and so heartbreaking that, you know, you can't take your eyes off of her the entire film. Yeah. Which is fantastic because she's the leading lady. But really like you find yourself apologizing or like using her as an excuse to say the film was good when really like <laughs> yeah. Julie Roberts just fucking shone. Mm-hmm. She they she truly was like a diamond in the
0: pile of talk shit. It, yeah. One 100 percent i mean you get little glimpses of good performance like billy crudup is really good in this movie I know, he's, so he's not in it for very long but he's really good i think his reaction to their divorce is like one of the most unique divorce reactions i've ever seen in a movie 100%. where he's literally just like um i'm representing myself and, and my I'm, client does is just simply not interested, not interested in a divorce, divorce. <laughs>
1: can you imagine like trying to divorce someone and they're like uh my client is just simply not interested, not interested in and my client is
0: me so so what the fuck do you have to say about that because he's just like he's so mad but he's also so sad like when she sees him in the elevator afterwards he's just fucking sad. Crying. and you can tell that she is so is also so sad and so sorry that she had this realization that she couldn't be what other people wanted her to be. Well, the problem, the problem a a huge problem in this film
1: is dishonesty. Mm -hmm. Like her character, um, is an incredibly dishonest human being like going through life, living very dishonestly, like not authentically herself. And that is such a detriment to the people around her because they do not get to experience her authentic self. And not only that, but she's consistently lying to them. Yeah. in not necessarily directly, but in her actions or her inactions. Like Like, about her identity. Exactly. About her identity, who she is, what she wants. They keep thinking, oh, no, she loves me or- or she, she enjoys my presence, or this is who she is, or these are the things that she dreams of, this is what she wants. Like, I think it's her editor, her publisher, mm-hmm. um, who's her best friend played by Viola my Davis. Davis. Uh, Brilliantly, by the way, she's okay. so good. Um, But she con- she's like, do you remember when you like threw yourself in your kitchen renovation and like pretended that that was like your dream? Like, she- she's a fake human being yeah. walking around a real world. And it's really difficult for me to see someone go through that because it's so unbelievably heartbreaking. It's sad to to watch someone live so inauthentically and then expect the people around her to be okay when she says, I need to find myself, Uh, because I think that was a big part of it. She was like, I'm going to expect everyone around me to succumb to like who I want to be and everyone's going to just have to accept it. But I think a big part of what the movie showed, especially with um, Billy's uh, character, was his face. What's his name? He has like a very generic name. Oh,
0: her husband. Yeah,
1: actual name. I think it's like Michael or Steven. Some or generic, some generic <laughs> name. But it shows in his inability, to like to like accept it, because to him it's coming out of nowhere. Yeah. To everyone it's coming out of nowhere because she this entire time she's just been living so dishonestly.
0: Yeah. Like, and it's it's especially hard because it's like that's not a problem. There's a formula to get out of. Not nobody nobody can tell you how to figure out who the fuck you are. You can't tell yourself that, which is why she makes this decision to just go on this trip and like do things she thinks she'll enjoy mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly which is so funny
1: because a lot of what this movie is is first of all we were hanging out in these places for far too long ryan ryan <laughs> this is this movie is too <laughs> long edit ryan ryan get it it together. truly
0: feels like we were spending three
1: months <laughs> in, each, in each country <laughs> <laughs> it truly feels like a year had gone by <laughs> Um, but she's just spending all these time, all this time in all these different places, experiencing their like quote unquote culture, and not necessarily knowing what she's looking for. And then at the end, like you know, specifically at the end of her trip to Italy, she's so sad. Like yeah. she makes you know they, they she meets a bunch of a bunch of Italian people, mm-hmm. um or or people in Italy, and they get together for like her final Thanksgiving meal because she leaves around the month of November. Yeah, so she gives um, them an American Thanksgiving, and so she gives american thanksgiving which i find so funny Mm -hmm. um and she's like she's like oh what's everyone grateful for and everyone's like saying stuff and she's like oh i'm grateful for you guys i'm the luckiest girl in the world but you know the camera sort of like stays on her and she's fucking sad and you can tell it's not that she said that she's leaving she's sad because she came there and and she probably feels like she didn't find anything
0: well i think that that is one thing that the movie does well and it's probably primarily due to julia's performance is that it shows that there is a lot of fear and sadness that goes with growth and change right like you can be making progress and be fucking terrified and hating it the entire time right like And that's really scary because I feel like when you're young and you're told, you're taught about like growth and becoming Mm -hmm. who you are and about it being a really positive experience. (laughs) A lot of times it fucking sucks. Right. Like figuring out what you actually want is not a fun time. And I think that like the first time you actually see positive change in her is when she's in India and she's on the roof and it's right after she um, was talking to uh, Richard Jenkins. Right. And um, they she flashes back to her wedding with Billy Crudup and their first their first dance. And she is like it's like it's where like the flashback meets reality. And she's dancing on the rooftop as Mm -hmm. if it's real life. Um, And it's that fucking song. The Harvest Moon song. (laughs) <laughs> you know that song? It is Neil Young. I thought Thank it was you. Neil Diamond. No, it's not Neil Diamond. Okay, so it's Harvest Moon by Neil Young, and so they're dancing, and she's basically having a conversation as her current self, but with Billy Crudup, even though he's not really there, talking about their relationship. And you can see that finally she has gotten to a point where she can reflect on these things, be sad, but kind of like honor the love, honor the loss, and take that loss as a positive as a move in a positive direction right which she's never been able to do before she's never been able to think back on those things and come out of it in a more positive mindset um and I think that moment is really beautiful like that was a really good filmmaking moment (laughs) for me in this movie which was kind (laughs) of crazy um but then but then you kind of transition into other like even after that when she goes to Bali and you're like part of this just feels kind of shallow and empty like i don't know what growth she's actually doing
1: especially when she ends up with that brazilian guy see it's javier bardem right yeah 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 yeah. yeah. uh but he's brazilian in this movie see not brazilian in real life (laughs) no 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 but brazilian in this movie yes um and yeah so she ends up with this guy which i find I'm sorry if this is actually in the book, which is totally fine if it mm-hmm. is, if this is like the real story. But in the film, it feels very like counterproductive to the whole point of why she left.
0: Yeah, it's um, I they have that like fight on the beach right where she's like i he's like i love you why can't you say it back and she's like i don't know why which i think was a moment of like breakthrough for her where she's like i recognize i feel these feelings but i can't fucking say it Mm -hmm. like am i broken as a person that i can't be emotionally vulnerable with somebody Mm -hmm. and you would think that she would take that and then be like i need to continue growing right and then leave but then she ends up staying with him and in real life i don't know if that ending is exactly how it happened but they did stay together they got married Um, for his citizenship, I believe, or not like just for that thing. They were in love and then they got married, but he also like needed to get a green card, I think. And but then they ended up getting a divorce. Well, duh. (laughs) because she wasn't through. Yeah, I think that this movie could have done a better job of showing Liz Gilbert's flaws, but instead, we're like okay, so like in Aaron Brockovich, where it was very clear like this person is a flawed person. Right. But we're still going to tell the story and show her in a mostly favorable light. This movie kind of just glorified her flaws. Absolutely. Um which is I think that's I think that's the problem that I had with it. If it if it had been more honest, I would have liked it a lot more. Absolutely. it. I guess that's, yeah,
1: that's my biggest problem with it is it, it doesn't feel like a very authentic mm-hmm. film. The only authentic thing in the film really was Julia Roberts' performance and her relationships with the characters, with the actors around her playing the yeah. characters around her. Um, because obviously fucking Vi- Viola Davis is superb. Mm-hmm. What's his face? Billy Crudup is superb. Yes. Um what's his other face Richard Jenkins Richard Jenkins oh my god he's so Richard good. Jenkins of all the men in this film of all the male characters yeah. in this film Richard Jenkins is in my opinion the only like admirable one
0: <laughs> well especially because he kind of puts her in her place absolutely he's like I went through actual trauma mm-hmm. I nearly killed my own child because of my addiction you just are having like a conflict of identity and you want to fucking come up in here and tell me how hard it is to be meditating every day. Fuck off.
1: Like learn your <laughs> shit. Like come here, Do like study what you need to and then get out. Yeah. Like exactly. learn to forgive yourself and leave. Like that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Like you're not here to like, cause she has this line, which I think is just so stupid. And Julia Roberts delivers it so perfectly because you can tell that Julia Roberts, the actor and both, Both Julie Roberts, the actor, and, like, Liz, the character, both feel very exasperated at the fact that they even had this thought. But she's standing in the hallway with Richard Jenkins' character, um, who's from Texas. And (laughs) she's talking to him, and she's just kind of yelling at him, being like, I don't, you know, all I could think about while I was meditating was how to decorate my meditation room back at home. And he was like, bitch, like... (laughs) That is so counterproductive to what yeah. you're supposed to actually be learning in here, which is how to forgive yourself and like how to how to how to love and like how to how to go through life feeling balanced and not like you're going to lose your shit every second of the day. How on God's green earth is what color you're going to paint your meditation room? What what does that have to do with anything?
0: Yeah. And and Javier Bardem also kind of brings it back in a more backwards way later where he's like if you're not actually improving you fucking doing your 15 minute meditation every day, isn't going to do shit. Right. Like if you're not actually making the steps in real life to make these changes a reality, you like to think you're going through the motions, but that's literally all you're doing is going through the motions. Absolutely.
1: Or my, my biggest problem is she kept saying like, I'm going to change. Like, this is what's going to happen. Like I am going to find balance and I'm going to find like, I guess like enlightenment or I'm going to find myself Mm -hmm. and her actions were always counterproductive to what the words that were coming out of her mouth which personally is like one of the most irritating things ever is watching a character go against what they keep saying that they're going to do and like essentially not keeping their word whether or not it was because it was difficult for her as a character like hard for her to sort of like break through that yeah or if it was just because of like stubbornness (laughs) in general Mm -hmm. but like it's it was frustrating as an audience member to watch that and like watch it happen. While that's relatable because humans are dumb and they make mistakes Mm -hmm. and it's really hard for them to grow and change. um, It was still very, very frustrating. And I think that I both liked and disliked that very similarly to how I liked and disliked being frustrated with Aaron Brockovich.
0: Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think really at the end of the day, it's just like, it's a good performance. Um, she's really lovely in it, but it is a pretty flawed film. Absolutely dootly. You know? Absolutely dootly, lady. Like a lot of Ryan Murphy's work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except
1: for pose, because he doesn't really get to touch that. Just Janet Mock touches that. That's exactly. Which means that it's a perfect show.
0: I it's mean, got also, a Ryan
1: Murphy budget, and it has no
0: Ryan Murphy. Say what you want. Early Glee was pretty good.
1: Okay, I'm not going to say what I want. I'm going to say what I need to say. Say what you need to say. <laughs> I'm going to say publicly Glee was a good show. Glee it was a good. I show don't until care. They went to college. I, I know until they <laughs> went to college, and then it was like, what's happening? Yeah. But Glee, for all you guys listening out there, it was a good show. I don't give a fuck what you say. Not only that, but they they butchered this is a, a Ryan pop song. Murphy episode now. Every episode, <laughs> they butchered a pop song. Every episode, and you expected it. When and you I think loved of don't, it. when I and think of loved it, when I think of don't stop believing, I don't think of the journey song. Don't no. stop believing. I think of Duh Da da da, da 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 Just a small town girl. <laughs> Living in a lonely
0: world, <laughs> Mr. Shoe. That's a, what I think. A about. A really great show. Where it they, made it one hundred percent a curse. On Listen, the cast of that in twenty ten, no one was
1: doing that. No, in twenty ten, no one was talking about like the closeted gay kid who wanted to be out. No one was talking about the girl who had two big dreams and a really big nose and was really fucking annoying. <laughs> uh, no one was talking about any of this shit. Like, no. no one was talking about the things that went on in high school that were really fucked up and the thing and like the thoughts that kids were having at the time no one was talking about it we were just watching like the secret life of the american teenager (laughs) pretending (laughs) that that's and pretending that that's what
0: like everyone went through see ryan murphy can make uh, one good thing but the rest ah! questionable questionable but julia Roberts, though mm -mm. we love her tasty tasty that's julia baby that was julia So, Monica, what have you dabbled in?
1: I have dabbled... In the Christmas spirit, yay! Um, there are these cookies that I really, 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 really want to make that I sent you that you said were really labor intensive, but I still want to make them.
0: I mean, did you see how long it took her to make one fucking cookie? I really don't care. Okay. I mean, we can
1: make them. There's stars. You got to help though. But there's Santa. Santa stars. Santa stars. The star of Christmas. <laughs> Mr. Santa Claus. Mr.
0: Santa Claus. <laughs> but yeah,
1: I really want to make uh, cookies. I really want to make the stars. I really want them to have Santa heads. Wonderful. What have you dabbled in?
0: Um, I've been baking lately and I brought you some brownies that were they were disgusting. They were not good. Uh, it makes me sad. It's not my fault. Let me say this. I
1: literally just had one, by the way, like right before we started yeah. uh, uh, recording <laughs> and I literally blame it for me just like hiccuping through all of these descriptions because it was so salty. It was so chocolatey for no reason.
0: Like this recipe, I followed it to a fucking T-Man. To a T-shirt. And it wasn't like it wasn't. In the execution, that is not what the problem was. It was like the literal ingredients. It was an exorcism. Um, I weighed all the uh, all of the ingredients, which is like the most accurate way that you can do a recipe is by weighing your ingredients instead of just like scooping them. I guess so. Um, because like it's one thing to say like one teaspoon of salt, because every teaspoon is slightly different. Really, um, I don't know that that's true. It is true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because when you scoop it, you might not scoop it totally level. So it's easier to just weigh things out. Interesting. Um, And so I weighed everything fucking exactly. And these brownies, they're salty. They're dense. And they're too fudgy. The baking time is not correct. I i don't agree with this recipe come on claire Saffitz, get it together <laughs> yeah this was a claire Saffitz recipe from her new book just desserts which we love claire Saffitz, this love house. her uh, the book looks amazing i've been flipping through it and wanting to make so many recipes and so last night i was like fuck it i'm gonna make the brownies not a fan no <laughs> <laughs>
1: Stay tuned for more recipes that she tries out, and we'll see if the other ones are good. <laughs> Every week, I'll do a
0: Julie and Julia, but with Claire Saffitz's book. Oh my God, you totally should. <laughs> Start a blog
1: <laughs> on, on what what was it like? Uh, blog
0: Press? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Blogosphere. Bloggerati. Bloggerati. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so that's what I've been dabbling in is baking poorly. Oh. Monica, we have a question. Oh, from Listener. From a listener, they did not put their name. Bad listener. You guys need to start putting your names on these things. <laughs> How are we supposed to shout you out? I know, seriously. <laughs> so what is a movie that you know is bad, but you love anyway? It's another Gary Marshall film. What? And it's
1: terrible. <laughs> Tell me. It's called New Year's Eve. And it's a, <laughs> it is a, I'm the first to admit that it is a bad movie. Okay. But I love it anyway.
0: Okay. What do you love about it? It's just fun. Okay. It's just fun.
1: I just pop it on. It's like the only movie I can watch on New Year's Eve.
0: My mo- my bad movie that I love is similar to yours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's He's Just Not That Into You. <laughs> Which, Another incredible film. I wouldn't say it's explicitly a horrible movie. It's just bad. I it's would say just it's It's just like, bad. it's not, it doesn't offer anything. It no. does not contribute to no. society in no. any
1: way. Not in any way. <laughs>
0: just like New Year's Eve doesn't contribute to society. But it's a, good, it's a good fucking time, that movie. Oh, it is a good time. And I never thought I would like a love story where Justin Long is like, the male lead, which is so bizarre. <laughs>
1: it's just, it was just an accident. It was a dumpster fire waiting to happen that movie. Yeah,
0: but wow, what a fun time! But it is so fun. I love those movies similarly to like Love Actually, similarly to New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. where it's a bunch of fucking stories that intertwine. Oh, yeah. Some um, of the best, some of the best trashy rom coms are with a that. lot of good actors 99% mm. of the time. Like fucking Bradley Cooper is in, he's just yeah. not that indie. <laughs> oh, yeah, he
1: is. You know that movie? What's his, uh, what's a movie called What to Expect When You're Expecting? Yes. Cameron Diaz is in it. uh J Lo J Lo's in it. What's his face is in it? Um uh, Yeah, him. No 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 uh Melissa McCarthy's husband What's his name? I don't know his He's name. super famous. Ben? Ben Falcone. <laughs> ben Falcone! I knew his name was Ben. Ben Falcone's in it, Chris Rock's in it, um uh Elizabeth Banks is in it if I haven't said that
0: already. Isn't like James Marsden in that movie or something? Does he play uh, Cameron Diaz's boyfriend or something? No, it's Matthew Morrison. Oh, it's Matthew Morrison. I was about to play the Grinch, which is just not happening. Okay, I saw those previews on Thanksgiving, and I said, this is the worst thing to happen in 2020 by far. Fuck the pandemic. Matthew Morrison as the Grinch? Are you kidding me? And I said, Mr. Shue, stop. (laughs) Mr. Shue, that's enough. That's what Ryan Murphy will do to your career. (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding so many of his actors unless you're are emma fine. roberts
1: unless you're emma robertson then we wish you a very happy pregnancy
0: yes i mean unless you're a lot of people 99 percent of the actors <laughs> are still doing just fine matthew <laughs> morrison not, too much. not so much
1: <laughs> which is so sad because i mean okay this is a massive sidebar. But can you imagine being an actor and you and you like get a gig and you're really excited about it and you pour your heart and soul into it and mm-hmm. yes, it's fucking weird. Yeah. But you like really go for it. Like you give it your all. Yeah. You're like, it's all or nothing. And then the entire world is like, This is terrible. Uh, like the entire world looks at you and goes, This is a freak of nature.
0: No, I can't imagine that. <laughs> However, what I will say is that if you were a genuinely good actor, you would be able to pull out of it. And Matthew Morrison, unfortunately, i don't like what he did with his chin and his lips he wasn't he, he wasn't the best part of glee
1: <laughs> that's very true
0: this episode has had too much ryan murphy discussion but i'm standing by it it's important well your case has been made
1: <laughs> the jury will convene uh i don't know what like court jargon what court jargon is but i know that the judge will be making convicted. the gavel
0: making the gavel <laughs> the judge is going to make the gavel
1: The <laughs> uh, the conviction's going to be at the at the bench <laughs> and the where is the jury the <laughs> witness stand is going to go to the holding room <laughs> and and yeah and members of the court the jury the, the audience um this person has been conflicted <laughs> and everyone's going to go to the bench Proceed
0: to the gavel. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) This is the people's court. (laughs) This is the people's choice
1: awards.
0: (laughs) This is the people's court
1: about the world. versus Uh, uh, Anyway, that was Julia Roberts. That was
0: Julia Roberts. We love her. We love you. We love you. As always. Don't don't sue us, Daddy Favreau. Goodbye. Goodbye.